Warning, when we go south, the profanity goes north. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Four Hymns and by Buying a House. If you love getting laughed at for not knowing very specific things that you can only learn by doing the thing you're being laughed at about, you'll love buying a house. Buying a house! No, you're stupid! And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, this is Jen Moore, and I'm a homeschooling mom from Georgia. But I can assure you that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. July 19th. And it's National Daiquiri Day. Because why throw up in just one color? <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. From New York, New York, Cincinnati, Ohio, and bumfuck nowhere, this is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Heath gets to throw his two cents at the back of Anthony Kennedy's head. Those two pennies get blocked by the back of Donald Trump's hand. And Bible Peace Theater will finally get to the dick parts. But first, the diatribe. You know, if you think about it, it's really pretty arrogant to reject the unevidenced assertion that you are fashioned in the image of the greatest intellect that has or could ever exist, and that the very creator of the universe has taken a personal interest in the banalities of your day-to-day existence because he loves you to a degree that can't even be conformed to the bounds of human description. Now, apparently I haven't thought about it because that sounds a lot like bullshit to me, but I've been assured by a number of people, even just this week, that if I were to think about it, I'd realize just how arrogant it is. And I thought I thought about it, but clearly I hadn't because I keep coming to the exact opposite conclusion. See, here's the thing that Christians so rarely get about atheists. When you present your God to us and we determine that he doesn't exist, we're doing him a favor. Because if the Christian God does exist, he's sock-chewingly stupid. I mean, violent, petty, masochistic, bigoted, and evil, sure. But that's all subservient to how fucking dumb he'd have to be. I mean, consider the basic theme of the Old Testament, right? God's standing goal from Abraham to Zechariah is to convince people that he's the only God that exists, and he repeatedly fails despite being the only God that exists. And keep in mind that OT God isn't bound to that retroactive apologetic about God respecting our free will to believe in him or not believe in him. He downright rips the free will out of people like Pharaoh from time to time. He moons Moses and the Israelites at one point. He can and does physically interact with people, and yet he can't seem to convince them that he's the one and only God. And it's not like anybody back then was holding them to the same standard that like Descartes had to hit. We're talking about illiterate goat herders and shit. I'd like to think that if you and I had a time machine we could pack for the trip, we could convince Bronze Age pre-Jews that we were the one and only God with nothing but a flashlight and a fidget spinner, and we'd be lying, right? We're talking about a motherfucker that can suspend the sun. He can part seas. He can reanimate the dead, and still he can't figure out how to establish that he's better than non-existent gods in a way that'll stick for more than a generation. 
Of course, we don't need to resort to the Bible to demonstrate what a cushion fucker their God is. Just look at anything. Right? Like, look at any non-human made thing. Within 40 seconds, you're going to think of a better way to do it. We're walking around on faulty hips with upside down, backwards eyeballs, teeth that we outlive by decades, sideways sinuses and organs that serve no real function, but occasionally rupturing and trying to kill us. And we're talking about intelligent design. If your God existed, he'd be laughed out of engineering school before he even got to the marsupials. But we don't have to get all microcosmic to prove your God's never going to outgrow Plato either. I mean, imagine a guy says, hey, check out this new letter opener I invented and proceeds to show you a device the size of Wisconsin. If we buy into the God created the universe for us line, that hypothetical inventor is a master of efficiency in comparison. And here's the thing. It's not like we're presented with these concepts at the same time or in the right order. Right. Like we start off with all the God shit. That stuff gets crammed into your head way before you have any ability to question or comprehend it. So a little pre atheist goes out into life thinking all the God stuff and then starts to learn the things that make you question how safe it is to let God use the pointy scissors. So for me, anyway, the questioning of God started not with the question of whether or not he existed, but with the question of whether or not he was an idiot. But, but eventually the atheist answer appeared and all the disparate pieces clicked into place. And I said, oh, right. Right, that makes way more sense than a mentally incapable wombat inventing the universe, not with avarice or arrogance, but with relief. Because because keep in mind that this goes deeper than just the 2018-like realization that a petty egotistical idiot is in charge here. The Christian worldview would also have me believe that the pinnacle of greatness, the, 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 whatever, the, the light speed of morality and perfection was such a chalk licker, he couldn't come up with a better idea than balls. That not only could one never hope to attain greatness beyond that, but one could never even benefit from greatness beyond that. And this realization that prompts so many people to move into the atheist column, I mean, I guess it would be accurate to say it's because we believe we're better than God, but that's not because we think we're good. Hell, you don't have to be arrogant to think you're better than God so long as you take an objective look at the God they're presenting to you. And you don't have to be arrogant to tell them about it either. That's the other time this charge comes up. The whole seems pretty arrogant to me to be so sure of something nobody can ever know for absolute certain gambit that they like to play as though, A, there are no religious people certain that God exists. B, it requires absolute certainty to be an atheist. And C, they never act on a belief without geometric proof levels of evidence. But even if you are certain, it still doesn't take arrogance. It just takes a dispassionate application of logic. Of course, to some people, arrogant just means right when I'm wrong. You know, to these people, as soon as you try to convince them they're wrong about something, you're putting your thoughts on a pedestal above theirs. Of course, right thoughts belong on a pedestal above wrong thoughts. But even if they didn't, the logic wouldn't hold. Otherwise, the arrogance would cancel out when they refuse to just accept your opinion. In fact, making any assertion whatsoever beyond a personal preference would have to be regarded as an act of conceit, wouldn't it? But here's the thing. If I really felt as superior as they seem to think I do, I wouldn't bother to disagree with them. When they told me Jesus loves me, this I know, I just pat them on their little heads and say he sure does, buddy, and move on. The very fact that I bother to disagree is a demonstration not of arrogance, but of respect. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Bermuda and Key West of my San Juan, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Fellas. You ready to humor me by pretending that Bermuda Triangle reference was super clear? A <laughs> uh, triangle in a shirt. Crazy. Uh, what? 
Eli is thinking of shorts. <laughs> Emma? Shorts is, a thing. is it a Hawaiian shirt? Yes, yes I know. <laughs> I know so little about things. Yeah, yeah we, no, we, I mean, we talked about that sometimes. in the sponsor, actually. Shirts and shorts are very similar. It's just it's, the one letter difference. It's, it's in the both you. vowels. Yeah. No, words Tell are tricky. Cops. Words are tricky, Eli. <laughs> it's true. In our lead story tonight. Uh, fuck Anthony Kennedy. Fuck you, you fucking coward. Ugh. Congratulations on being an old white Christian man who wasn't evil a few times, but now you ruined it, you invertebrate piece of shit. You're the reason everyone wants to genocide old people. I just... Does everyone want to... No words. Two votes. Noises. Okay, so... Thanks to Hannibal Lecter's feckless cunt double who decided to retire at the end of the month, we're about to get yet another member of the nation's highest court who's going to be making enormous decisions for probably my entire lifetime or most of it, and he's going to be chosen by Donald Trump again. And as we learned last week, Trump decided to nominate 53-year-old theocracy enthusiast Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, Heath, Heath, we already talked about this last week. We did a whole story, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't get to. We're going to fucking talk about it again. Plus, a bunch of stuff has come out about how much worse he is than expected against all odds. So, all right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. And trigger warning because you guys already know what we expected. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just in case you missed all the coverage about this guy, here's a quick recap. In the landmark case of American Christianity, the. Women, immigrants, the environment, gunshot victims, and basic logic. <laughs> Kavanaugh wrote the majority opinion that upheld uh, whatever the fuck the plaintiffs wanted. Yep. That pretty much sums up his entire judicial career. And if you're looking to get a mental picture, just imagine the bad guy judges and lawyers from every single movie about hate crimes. Just smash them all together and then take away the Southern accent. That's <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh. And remember, he's not only the Federalist Hair Club president. He's also a client. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and perhaps most importantly, from a historical perspective, he's not Merrick Garland. And, <laughs> and neither is Neil Gorsuch. Yep. Two people <sighs> that should be Merrick Garland. 2016, <laughs> the year we all wish we had our finger on the page of this choose your own adventure book called history. <laughs> I went back. I went back. I held it. I'm going back. <laughs> Fuck. You saw. Well, uh, yeah, just in case the unflinchingly evil nature of Kavanaugh's entire career wasn't enough. Another fun detail about him made headlines recently when somebody reminded us all about his speech from last year at the American Enterprise Institute, during which he praised former Chief Justice William Rehnquist for bravely dissenting in Roe v. Wade. So kill those babies while you still can. TikTok, yeah. But perhaps even more horrifying than the anti-choice commentary was the blanket dismissal of church-state separation that came next. Yeah. According to Kavanaugh, Rehnquist was correct in asserting that the wall of separation is a misleading metaphor based on bad history. Whatever the fuck that means. I mean, historically, he's correct. We have not had church-state separation historically in this country. Not sure if that was his point, though. Yeah, I don't think that well, was the thing is, is, it's brighter now than it was when Rehnquist said it anyway. <laughs> right? Uh, now, okay, so if we're being fair, none of this really matters because according to the new system we have that started in 2016, we need to wait until the 2020 election yep. when the will of the people can mm -hmm. be heard before we allow a new potential justice to be nominated. That's the new system. Or uh, I guess we could have Hillary Clinton pick somebody considering she was the will of the people yeah, last she time. Was. Or... 
considering the only remaining rule is there are no rules. We can FDR the <laughs> shit out of it as soon as we get a reasonable right. president again and pack the court. And although it would mean some waiting, I think I like that last option the best. We take over Congress. We get Kamala Harris into the White House or somebody like her, and she nominates uh, 50 trans-Mexican lesbian Satanist ninjas <laughs> and a, a box of Syrian refugee tampons. Like, whatever, whatever the fuck scares evangelicals the most. Uh, Michelle Obama's arms. I don't know. We'll keep a running list. We'll, we'll get them in. Nominated We've been keeping a running list, actually. So, yeah. And in Pope quiz news tonight, in yet another inset of the Russian nesting doll of terror that is U.S. immigration policy, we learned this week that two mothers were asked about their religion during an interview intended to determine if they were fit to be reunited with their own children. Uh, right. And just to clarify, this was not a get-to-know-you quiz. No. This was a screening for getting their kids back. That question had a right answer. Clearly. <laughs> what is your religion? Jew. No, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> of course, one might argue that they were just trying to like match up babies based on proper dick type or something. But if there was an innocent explanation for this, something tells me everybody wouldn't be so vociferously denying it was their fault. Plus, at this point, everybody knows that if you want to steal a baby, you change its dick a little bit. Obviously, a little that's, bit. So you're yeah, going to get caught. Otherwise, it's like so switch, switch the Christ. shoes and you change its dick. So yeah, the classic. Office of Refugee Resettlement isn't talking. The contractors insist they were provided the questions by the government, and the government insists that wasn't one of the questions they provided. Huh. I, in my head, everyone's just staring at the one guy in the office who's always dressed like a crusader. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave's dressed like a Nazi bridge troll. Dude, that's the uniform. That's nice. yeah, bro. Everybody that. Everybody's dressed like that. No, one possible explanation, and a damn likely one at that, shows up as soon as you ask who this federal contractor is. BCFS is a Christian nonprofit that the government contracts for adoption services, and according to their pre-this-story-going-out website, Christian church attendance is listed as a requirement for prospective adoptive parents. And now that's not on the website anymore. <laughs> yeah, now the caged baby store just has a bouncer who insists on uh, no baggy Muslim clothing or urban Arab hats. Yeah, but it's, yeah it's unrelated exactly. to pretty much. Religion. Yeah, exactly. So what are you doing on Sunday? That's the new question. I, I should note here that there's no reason to believe asking parents about their religion prior to reunification is standard. We only know of these two cases and plenty of parents have affirmed they were not asked about this. Uh, and, and we also don't have any evidence that had the two women in question answered something other than Christian, it would have resulted in further delays in the government giving their kids back. I mean, other than the fact that why the hell else would they ask the question? Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, but right. The, the bare minimum takeaway here is that there are real and tangible problems that come when the government starts contracting shit out to religious groups who are invariably and definitionally prioritizing at least one thing over whatever they just got paid to do. And in the fourth is strong in those who believe news tonight. Christian historian and where Mr. Rogers put all his evil, David Barton, <laughs> is back in the news this week when he let his audience at the Grace Christian Center in Killeen, Texas, know that July 4th is actually a religious holiday. Yeah, hmm. from a guy with less credibility on holiday traditions than Linus, I'm unsurprised. <laughs> yeah. If Linus grew up and switched out the security blanket for a Confederate flag, that's David Barton. <laughs> <laughs> Great description. 
See, now I thought it was because of all the people who blow themselves up. But anyways, okay. Barton explains, <laughs> saying, quote, if you're going to celebrate this day, we need to celebrate it with solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. That's the way we used to celebrate the yeah, 4th of July. Yeah, now we just shoot bombs at him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's weird, because I swear the way they used to celebrate the 4th of July was by overthrowing a tyrannical government. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, tyrannical, may, it would have been better. Like, I'm still holding out as a loyalist. Right. I'm, like the, I'm the Haru Anoda of the Revolutionary War. I think if yes. we were just like fucking West Britain at this point, it'd be a lot better. Yeah, I'm into it. I had two votes. Anyways, he continues, quote, matter of fact, we have documents from 1837 that in 1837, the top two religious holidays in America were Christmas and the 4th of July. On Christmas, we celebrated the principles Jesus brought into the world through his birth. On the 4th of July, we celebrated bringing Christian principles into America and spreading that throughout the nation. End oh, quote. But, okay, but to be fair, we also used to die of being 46. <laughs> yeah, great point, David Barton. Let's name some other Christian principles from 1837 that were spread throughout the nation. <laughs> what, what were those? Let's see, uh... Uh, there was a strong buyer's market for labor. That was fun. <laughs> what else was happening? <laughs> Do not remember. Right. So this these documents are a speech given by John Quincy Adams. And that does not mean that it was true. Like, if we know anything post-2016, it's that just because the president says it, it doesn't mean it wouldn't, wouldn't, would be true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> now, that said... That would explain why Barton believes in the third most religious holiday started by Thomas Jefferson. Where did that hot slave go day? He talked about that a lot. Guys. He talked about that a lot. <laughs> and in Moyama news tonight, India became an even more bizarre place to visit this month when police in Bangalore hired an actor to dress up as Yama, the Hindu god of death, and chase people around <laughs> scaring the fuck out of them. This is the greatest. The program, which I obviously love, is designed to reduce traffic fatalities by distracting and terrifying motorists who aren't following seatbelt and helmet laws because distracting them now reduces bad driving genes in future generations, I think. <laughs> or or you end up with a bunch of super confident motorists who are like, nah, man, I saw the God of Death yesterday. He's on foot. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Wait, sorry. No, I'm just getting a mass text from the president. Says, uh, if you can read this, you need to stop reading this and drive. And I'm dead. Yeah. And I'm dead. <laughs> now, in India's defense here, of all the various ways religion has been used uh, that we've talked about in the 282 episodes of this show and counting, this is by far my favorite. The idea, obviously, is to use this totem of death to remind superstitious people to drive safely. And since you're already dealing with a subset pre-self-selected for stupidity, right? Like people for whom you'll not die more often. It hasn't served as sufficient motivation. Counting on them to take shit like death god seriously makes a lot of sense. In a warped, you know, the inmates are running the asylum and we're just running with that kind of way. Yeah, it's like the inmates are running the asylum, so let's... Ask them to do the paperwork while they're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like where they're going, though. You know, like you walk into a brothel and Ganesha's outside wearing nine different condoms on all different limbs. Just to <laughs> how to be safer. Or Shiva spinning a sign outside of Planned Parenthood, just blowing fireballs and fetuses. 
They need to kill more babies there is what I'm saying. That's right. important. No, yeah, uh, no, it's clear. Too it many clear. babies. Um, it should also be noted that the gambit seems to be working here, uh, or at least it doesn't seem to be causing people to careen off the road in terror very often. It's being done in conjunction with a larger safe driving awareness program through the month of July. And the numbers on the program as a whole are pretty impressive. Plus, there's a guy in India who was asked to dress up like a death god and scare strangers and emphatically said yes. And it's probably good that they're keeping him busy eight or nine hours a day. Yeah, I mean, unless someone was going to hand him a podcasting career, I exactly, exactly. I There's only two solutions here. <laughs> and in medicine-free BS news tonight, the Center for Inquiry has followed the footsteps of our good friend Michael Marshall over at the Merseyside Skeptic Society and followed a lawsuit against CVS Help Corporation for promoting and selling homeopathic remedies and, quote, through its misrepresentation of homeopathy safety and effectiveness wasting customers' money and putting their health at risk, end quote. Or in other words, hey, it should probably be illegal to sell fake medicine right next to the medicine at your medicine store. Here, here. <laughs> so uh, this is a bike helmet. And uh, right there next to it, that's loose sawdust in the shape of a bike helmet. Neither one <laughs> of these things will hurt you. Neither one right, yes. will hurt you. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons that CVS gets away with this is that not everyone is sure what homeopathy is. So, gents, got a challenge for you. In case anyone doesn't feel like heading back to our how bullshit is it on the subject, can you give me a one-sentence pitch for homeopathy? Uh, sure. Homeopathy is a medicine substitute based on the notion that water has memory, that memory can cure all human ailments, and there have been no meaningful advances in medical science in the last 211 years. Very good. Excellent. So, with that in mind, it's no surprise that people think it shouldn't be for sale to consumers who might not know about all the magical shaking and dilutions. But it actually gets worse. See, the biggest problem is that CVS sells the fake medicine right next to the real medicine yes. and often doesn't distinguish between, say, a homeopathic remedy for cold and flu and a medicinal one. And the folks who make these remedies count on this by billing their products as non-drowsy or alcohol-free, which appeals to ignorant customers instead of labeling them as nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be like if the produce section mixed in some wax fruit here and there and labeled it low calorie. <laughs> also keto compatible. Right. Just like hot dog water. Yes. Exactly. Which we also yeah. have. And this is everywhere in CVS. I mean, it is in medicine for babies, cough drops, even lactase supplements for dairy allergy can be homeopathic if you aren't careful, which uh, several now permanently destroyed bathrooms in my life can attest to. Yeah, I can't think of another type of store where this would be A, acceptable, or B, more dangerous. <laughs> uh, life jacket store? <laughs> Maybe just for B. Yeah, is just, that right. a store? Yeah. Now, either way, we can hope that at least this results in a homeopathy aisle where all the not medicine can live in future. And honestly, if they're going to get a whole aisle, why not mix it up? Mix it up. Hi, welcome to CVS. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything for the flu? Ooh, that's going around, huh? Yeah, guess so. Okay, so do you want medicine or not medicine? I, wait, what's what's not medicine? Is that, uh, it's that this whole lawsuit thing. We have to label everything that's not medicine, not medicine. Now, if it's pretending to be a real drug. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably good. I, I just want some NyQuil or something like that. Okay, so here, we've got some chicken bones you can throw. 
And those will tell you how long um, you'll be sick. No, just like or a Tylenol or something. Oh, 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 we have sage. Like, you can burn. Just smudge your house. You never know what's going on uh, there, right? Have runes. African fuck frogs. Right, right. So, uh, so like the NyQuil was... was oh, uh, uh, where, right here. That? Try this. Um, that is an empty bottle. That's areopathic. No side effects, non-drowsy, vegan. Right. Right. But that's be- that's because it's air. So yes, it, would it have is air. Be- it is air. Okay. Okay. Do you have regular NyQuil, like the medicine NyQuil? Yes. Will that be all? And a fuck frog. I thought so. Blue. And now that he's going to be occupied for at least four minutes or 20 seconds twice with a three-minute, 20-second refractory period, we're going to take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucid. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It's a slut, right? Cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Misogyny. You know that classic action movie ending where the hero tricks all the bad guys that are chasing him into fighting each other? He has... Bad guy B, spring the trap that bad guy A said in the first act kind of thing. Well, I feel like that might just be how we thwart religion, y'all. We pit the competing shittiness of religious people against each other. And if you don't think you're up to the job, no worries. It looks like Ariana Grande might be. See, she apparently took a break from fucking that gangly guy with the smushed looking head from Saturday Night Live and released a new single titled God is a Woman in what appears to be an effort to make Christians' head explode by pitting their piety against their misogyny. And if Twitter is any indication, it seems to be working. Now, Sarah Beth Kaplan did me the favor of compiling a bunch of the best Twitter freakouts over on the Friendly Atheist blog, and we'll have her piece linked in the show notes if you want to peruse them. But by far, my favorite was from Ben Shapiro, who decided to wax biological on the subject, tweeting, quote, If you say sex shows God is a woman... What does disproportionate female osteoporosis show? End quote. Uh, so, look, this is the stupidest possible argument. It's like arguing how Winnie the Pooh fucks, but for realsies. But even then, you've got to feel sorry for Ben here. I mean, disproportionate osteoporosis is the best thing you can come up with. The lady side has lower rates of homicide deaths, lower rates of suicide deaths, less illness, longer lives, protected genitals, and the ability to create life. I mean, not going to argue with you about the gender of your imaginary friend here, but it's nice to know that if I did, I'd win. But of course, that's probably because I do satanic feminist witchcraft. And this revolution comes to us from astute listener Chastity, who sent me a link to a YouTube video where the satanic nature of feminism is spelled out in shocking detail. Now, the video I saw didn't name the preacher in question, which makes sense. I mean, he's got to protect himself from all those vagina demons we squirt out under the authority of the desolate one. In fact, his desire to hide his identity might also explain the ridiculous waxed mole on his upper lip. Motherfucker sports a mustache that would embarrass John Bolton. Anyway, he went on a rant that was recently posted to YouTube in which he explains that feminism is actually just a front for Satan's ongoing effort to tempt women away from God's plan. Guess he's had to up his game since we gained the ability to buy our own apples. So now the devil goes after us with abortions and the promise of equal pay. He then bolsters his point by quote mining a few feminists nobody's ever heard of before concluding, quote, can anybody say crazy cat lady? These ladies are foolish. They've got wicked satanic motives. They hate God. They hate his ways, end quote. 
And look, dude, I don't know why you've got to bring Loki into this, but for the record, witches need familiars, dumbass. What, you want me to show up at the coven with a goldfish like some asshole? Anyway, he then goes on to imply that feminist groups offer scholarships for girls that fuck the most, blames divorce on women, and then points out that we're all a bunch of drunks to begin with. And I mean, I hate to be contrary here, but if this guy is right and women are as evil, petty, stupid, and sadistic as this guy says we are, then you can't really argue with the Ariana Grande song. And on that note, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And into each my own news tonight, the party of Lincoln is hard at work protecting discrimination again this week. A new amendment offered up by the Republican-controlled House Appropriations Committee would penalize any state that requires taxpayer-funded adoption agencies to treat gay people like humans. It would also bar the federal government itself from penalizing said discriminatory agencies, and for good measure, it would penalize municipal governments for municipal sounding kind of gay. Yeah, this is the legal equivalent of the kid who had a note to get out of swim class now being able to eat all the ice cream and nobody can look. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd say no rules that are the legal equivalent of Eli's childhood. That's a good general policy (laughs) for just everything. Same for Heath's adulthood. No no rules like that either. Now, I should point out that this latest effort to codify religious exemption from anti-discrimination laws isn't just limited to gay people, though it's easy to see why that's the part getting all the press. I mean... If Georgia passed a law making it legal to smoke weed, grasshoppers, and whipped cream, I'd only be talking about one of those things, right? Okay, okay. That was clearly directed at me. I thought my cream vape was a great invention. <laughs> That's the dairy air, whatever. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought they'd already had a law? Uh, but it's probably worth noting that this law would also protect these religious institutions' right to discriminate against single parents, married couples where one of them have had a previous divorce, and, quote, other qualified parents to whom an agency could have an objection, end quote. And if you're still not getting the atheist connection, it might be a good time to remind you about those questionnaires from my first story this week. Yeah. (laughs) Who it's legal to discriminate against shouldn't exist at all. But this law has an et cetera, et cetera added to it. (laughs) Okay, so you're... Christian, good answer, sir. That's actually the correct answer. Nicely done. Okay, next question. Do you not like this penis? Wait, what? Do I not? Do 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 I not like it or do I not like it? What are you saying? And, and look, the GOP is trying to enshrine this right to discriminate based on religion across the board. And, and thanks to Trump's SCOTUS picks, it's probably going to work. But it's interesting that they seem to put such special focus on adoption agencies, right? Places where this kind of discrimination does the most damage, because like when most businesses refuse to serve same sex couples, the only victims are the same sex couples. In this version of Masterpiece, we also have to feel sorry for the fucking cake. (laughs) (laughs) And in Mountain Shining news tonight, you know, now that Noah lives in Georgia, he's got a lot more to deal with around the house. Studio so hot if he records for too long, he might literally die. Humidity, they can fill a water bottle just by spinning in a circle and bugs may or not be Heath in a Sitka costume, but the one thing he has yet to experience in his home is a mountain lion. No, but Loki will fuck you up if you go for the belly too quick. He can be pretty ferocious about the tum-tums. <laughs> it's true. Well, not everyone was so lucky this week as Oregonian Lauren Taylor walked in on a six-foot wildcat in her living room. Now, 
Before you worry, Lauren is fine, and so is everyone else, even the mountain lion. But she didn't run. She didn't call animal control. No, she used her psychic power. Oh, for fuck's sake. See, now I'm upset that everyone is fine. (laughs) I sense, Lion, that you're having conflict with a male (laughs) That's true. Roar. Roar. His, okay, okay. His name doesn't begin with a consonant, does it? Raw. <laughs> in her Facebook post, which includes both video and photos that will almost certainly make two thirds of my coworkers go, look at the kitty. Look at the kitty. See? So Taylor said, quote, I also want to make sure people get the important lesson here about frequency and attunement, end quote. You guys ready? <laughs> for, for her lesson on frequency and attunement? You bet your sweet fucking ass I am. Exactly. So here we go. Quote, cats are extremely psychic and perceptive of energy. And this lion could have been dangerous in an energy field of fear or anger. In fact, before I consciously (laughs) elevated the energy field and entrained her to a theta state. (laughs) Oh, a theta state. Well, I'm glad she meant. So it was an iota lion at first? Or a Zeta lion. I guess it's smart, smart movie, smart movie either way. Like, you don't want a fucking Iota lion or a Zeta lion. That's terrifying. Walking around the lions are cool. Good job. She goes on, quote, there was much love, feline speak eye blinking, and telepathic transmissions, including sending her pictures of the roots out of the house via open doors and the root out the backyard across the creek through an open field. Oh, good. Yeah, lions hate closed fields. So <laughs> they that's do. Good. They, they really fucking hate do. that. They get mad. And back up into the hill. So they exchanged those before we dared rouse her to leave her safe spot, which we did with sacred drumming oh, after fuck. having prayed and meditated, <laughs> called in native ancestors' support, and received guidance that this was how to do so safely. We drummed. Of course you fucking did. <laughs> and she roused and knew just what to do. She Get walked the fuck out, out of there. through the open doors, <laughs> through the yard, across Whoa, the she's creek. She's not going to go through the closed uh, doors. You fucking uh, Wonderwall? I hate Wonderwall. You <laughs> and then she went through the empty field because behind us, exactly as we had shown her, it was a perfect ending to a blessed encounter that could have been dangerous if we approached from a lower frequency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you don't want a lion with a long period. That's important. Good. Theta yeah. lion, short period. Good. Yeah. Smart. She concludes, thank you for seeing and honoring the spirit of the encounter and this beautiful and powerful animal, end quote. Uh, okay, this just in from the Mountain Lions Facebook page. <laughs> uh, walked into a weird fucking cave today, but there was no food. The humans in there made a loud noise, so I left. FML. <laughs> and also, uh, this just in from the hippies who tried to oust deadly animals from their homes with sacred drumming and did die from that stupidity. This account suspended due to prolonged inactivity. <laughs> <laughs> and finally tonight, we have a story that so perfectly encapsulates the absurdity of religion that I'm like 90% sure it's a planted hoax, like Project Genoa in the newsroom. Like, <laughs> like we somehow caused the death of Hemet Mehta's secret child and he put a fake story on the friendly atheist just to fuck with us and see <laughs> if we'd do it. But it's so good, we're doing it. We're doing it either way. So according to the personal account given during a recent episode of a call-in radio show, a Catholic woman very happily ate a pile of vomit ah! 
because it contained an undigested communion wafer. And then she proudly told that story on a public broadcast. Yeah. Ah. Uh. The, the broadcast cut her recollections about a rebellious teenage stint with peanut worship, and that's good, but even this was a little too much. <laughs> yeah, so these are the exact words from a woman who called herself Mary, who suffers from a tragic eating misorder called Catholic reverse bulimia. <laughs> Quote, <laughs> I used to bring communion to the hospitals, and I gave this one lady communion, and she immediately puked. And I felt like, what are you supposed to do? And so I gathered, you know, all the vomit and the host in this little plastic bag. And then I started thinking, how can I just leave Jesus there? Oh, God. That is, that is just disgusting. What can I do? I swallowed it. I swallowed the whole bag. Oh, for End quote. Bad. So as not to be disgusting. Yeah. She swallowed the bag. Of uh, I feel like a lot of our listeners might have a bag to send her now. Just gather it up, folks. Drop a little wafer in there. It's like a chain letter version of Stand By Me. Yeah, except <laughs> probably don't stand by her. Like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so new project. Uh, 10,000 Heath points for anyone who pulls this off. Whoop. You find this woman. You somehow get admitted to one of the hospitals where she delivers the wafers. You get her to give you a wafer. And then you immediately take a giant wet shit on the floor. Mm. Uh, obviously, you also prepped yourself for this moment and you have a communion wafer set up in your ass ahead of time. OK. Um, I mean, personally, I always have that ready just in case there's <laughs> lots of useful applications for that. And then you explain how she's going to hell if she doesn't eat your shit wafer. Yeah. Just a good idea to keep a wafer between your butt cheeks at all times. Right. Like first date talking point at the very least. <laughs> and on that note, we'll vomit. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Limp Biscuit. And when we come back, one of us just might sing a song about dicks. Hey, hairline. What are you doing? Oh, hey, forehead. Just uh, easing it back, you know, kind of tense down there where I, I was before. I, I can see that. Why, why are you going so far back, though? Doesn't he like where his hair is? Uh, he might, but I don't know. I think I might just chill back here for a bit. I mean, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. What's he going to do? Well, he, he could go to forhims.com. What's forhims.com? It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Oh, one of those websites? Yeah, not worried about it. No, no, 4 connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. They provide well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. These aren't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. Okay, but he, he's going to be way too embarrassed to see a doctor, right? With 4 he doesn't even have to. He can just answer a few questions, and a doctor reviews and does the prescription right online. Wow, but the money, I figure gotta be expensive actually scathing atheist listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five dollars today right now while supplies last see website for full details but that could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy i know he can go to forhimscom slash scathing that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash scathing forhimscom slash scathing huh guess i'll stick around for a little while longer 
Good call. Better tell Larry in the basement about four hymns too, huh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Larry has a penis. As one journeys further into the Bible and stories go from occupying whole chapters to being hidden in offhand paragraphs between mammoth genealogies, it can be hard to follow along. Or, hell, even stay awake. But if you doze off in Genesis for even a second, you might miss just how barbaric and rapey this book is. So, to serve as your biblical Adderall, we're pleased to present another installment of Bible Peace Theater. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were the wow. sons born after this the flood. goes on for a while, the sons huh? of Japheth, Oh, Gomer, yeah, dude. Agar, a tremendous Adai, amount of this book Jabon, is just long lists, just like this. Wow. And the sons like, of Gomer, Ashkenaz, how much of the book? and Rifath, and the sons of Javan, Elijah, I mean, Tarshish, you know, Gideon, you read the Bible with us the first time around. So. By these were the right. Isles of right. the Gentiles yes, divided in their lands. Everyone after his Okay, you said that weird. You did read it, right? Because, I mean, you did all the chapter summaries and stuff with us in a segment on the show. Yep, no, I read it. I did, I read it. You're still, why are you talking like that still? It's just just been a while. It's been a while since I read it, you know. Rusty. You're talking rusty. Dude, did you read any of the Bible with us? I skimmed the Bible. You did all the book summaries with us. You wrote jokes. Okay, so in retrospect, some of my jokes may have been based on the notes you guys already had in the docs when you had me on Okay, so, so you've never read the Bible. I mean, not the whole thing. It's long. Cool. Yeah, glad you suggested we go through it again so we could sum up the whole thing for you so you could catch up. And well, not if most of it is this. And not. Yeah, I'm going to need you to start reading ahead, like actually read the, the source material of the thing we're doing. No. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations in their nations, and by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. <sighs> hey, Steve. Hey, Kyle, what's up? What you doing? Oh, uh, I'm just building this tower. Uh... Tower to where? To heaven. You're building a tower to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Figured I'd go up there, you know, check it out. Uh, you don't think God will be mad, do you, about the tower? Like, uh, I like it. No, pretty sure God won't be mad. You built a tower up to heaven. Okay, cool. You build him a tower. And then you hit send, and boom. Now everyone who follows you can see it. Cool. Sarah, Sarah, um, mm. Tyler, what are you doing here? I'm showing Sarah this thing I came up with. It's called Twitter. Mm. Sounds amazing. Yeah, you're going to love it. What's up with the red and the pitchfork and stuff? I don't know. Just you know, thought I'd snazz up the outfit a bit. Now that I don't have to wear the standard white. Or in Sarah's case, food stained white. I had ribs for lunch. Saucy I can, ribs. I can very much see I like that. a saucy rib. Okay, guys, guys, we, we have to stop the humans. They're building this giant tower, and it's going to reach heaven, and then they'll be God, too. Wait, you can't be serious. As a heart attack, Tyler. As a heart attack. They're not that bad. I've had, like, four or so. Probably go to a doctor. Nah, nah, I'm good. You're not listening to me. 
I need you to go down there and I need you to confound everybody. Make them all speak different languages so they won't be able to build their tower and come up here and be gods like I'm God. So, 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 sorry, wait, just to be clear, there's a part of this book where God's afraid that pre-Bronze Age humans are going to build a tower to heaven so he creates all the world's languages to confuse them and keep them from becoming gods via proximity? Looks like it. And now you're sending down Sarah to so confusion so complete that the name of the city will be henceforth known as confusion of sounds or voices. Yep, yep. Gotta say, Sarah, you were born for this. You're damn right I was. Let's do this. Nice. You're so the bad guy in this story, right? Hey, Kyle, can you hand me more bricks, please? Sure thing, Steve. Narcricks chumming right up. Um, so, sorry, what? Your gricks, baby. I gunged them for what? you. I, I have no idea what you're saying right now. You can, do you hear that? Gricks, baby, for the towel blur. What? We're gonna go to heaven, grab a clow, maybe play a little harp. Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna go, like, scatter myself across the land, I guess. Okay, you do that, baby. Don't go too far, or my husband will put your baby in a cash. What? Abraham. Abram. Wait, who am I, Abram or Abraham? I'm actually going to clarify that in a couple of chapters. Oh, great. That's not confusing at all, then. Take your wife, Sarai, or Sarah, or whatever, and go. Go to the land of Canaan. There shall be the land that I give your seed. Wow, a land for my future generations free from war and strife and enemies? I mean, how do you feel about people getting too close to your fence? Man, we sure have been walking for a while, huh, Sarah or Sarai? You said it, Abram. Oh, Abraham. Shit, it's the Pharaoh. Hey, guys. How's it, uh, how's it going? Oh, hey, Pharaoh. What's up? Pretty hot, right? Yeah, super hot. Uh, you guys want some of this wine? Nah, we're good. I like your eyeliner. Thank you. Thank you. You guys don't think it's too much? I feel like it might have been too much. Nah, Is it? not at all. It's good. Great color for you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, who's who's this cutie who likes my color of eyeliner? Oh, this? Uh, this is my my sister. What? Say you're my sister, or he'll kill me and take you. I'm 70 years old. Yeah, he's got a thing. Fair warning. You guys say Elizabeth Warren? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hot. Liz yeah, Warren, totally right? hot. Wait, wait. So if I say I'm your sister, he won't take me? Oh, he'll still take it. He just won't kill me. He'll probably give me some goats and stuff. Follow the Jewish people here, everybody. What's that? What do you... N- you nothing. I feel like you... Nothing. I- I'm a sister. Cool. Cool. Say, how about I give your bro some camels, and you come to my place, and we, uh, see what happens. Only if you don't mind sharing some of that wine over there. I do not mind sharing some of this wine. Camels, uh, won't be domesticated for another thousand years. Whatever, bro. Book says I give you camels. I'm giving you camels. I'm taking your wife. Camels. Sister. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Abram, dude. Oh, hey, Pharaoh. How's my sister? You 
You mean your wife, man? You said um, wife. No. Yeah, she gave everyone in the house the clap. Not cool, bro. Not cool. Yeah, she does that. Go to the doctor and get a shot, you big baby. Get out of here. Yeah, we're going. Stupid ancient Egypt condoms don't exist yet. You get a shot now. It's the worst. Hey, Abram. Hey, what's up, Lot? Hey, look, it's been great traveling together and everything, but, uh, you know, Canaan's getting a little crowded, so uh, me and my people, we're going to head, you know, elsewhere. I mean, I'm sure we could make some more room here. Nah, you know what? I'm just going to head to one of these other cities and just, like, chill there for a bit. Okay, sure. Uh, do you know where you're going to go? <laughs> yeah, probably, like, Sodom or something. I don't know. We wait, wait, wait. The place famous for shit-eating and gay sex? What? Do they have that there? I didn't I didn't know that. That is crazy. I'm actually just going for the good cow grazing there. D- dude, so, dude, you're holding a brochure that says come to Sodom for the gay sex, stay for the shit eating. I hadn't even read this yet. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. Gotta go. Yeah, you you go. Enjoy your gay sex and shit eating. Okay, you know what? I will. Okay, okay, well, just so you know, God said this land is going to be mine and my seeds forever and ever. Great, yeah, let me know how that works out for you. Better than the gay sex and shit-eating will work out for you. Will it? No, actually, no. (sighs) Hey, Abram, what's up? Nothing, God, I'm just sad I'm not going to have any kids. Not going to have any kids? Look up at the stars. That's how many kids you're going to have. I'm going to have several trillion kids? I do not think Sarah's going to like this idea of yours. No, sorry, it's a metaphor. You're going to have eight kids. Oh, okay. And then they're going to be slaves. Okay, that's not great. Uh, Uh, But then they won't be slaves, and they'll have all of Israel. Cool. Any chance we can just skip over the slavery part? Nope. No, cannot skip that. Going to... Going to give you all of Israel, though. I know you already told me that. The whole thing. Sarah, Sarah, good news. What? Am I your sister again? No, God says I'm going to have eight sons. Wow, and here we thought I couldn't have children. Uh, No, no, he said I'm going to have eight sons. Like, uh, you're going to give birth to eight sons, or uh, you're going to fuck one of my, uh, my handmaidens? I was thinking Hagar, the one with the great big old... Yeah, I got it. I got it. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Polly 101. You must be Abram and Sarai. Hi. Hi. Great. So, now that you're Polly... Uh, polygamist, actually. Mm-hmm, same thing. So, here's your ponytail, and here's your corset. Why do I have to wear a corset? Because you're poly. It's what you do. Can I just wear my hair long like this? No. No. Ponytail. There you go. That looks great. Okay, anything else? Yeah, you're going to need your ancillary partner, who's clearly not cool with this. Hey, guys. I'll be in the car crying about this. Don't, don't let me ruin your good time. He's fun. Ooh, also, you're super into burlesque now, both of you. What? 
What's burlesque? It's like a strip club, but the songs are from Animaniacs, and it takes much, much longer to see boobs. Okay, that sounds terrible. It is. Okay, you guys are all set to be Polly. See you in a few years for your breakup. Wait, what? And Abram went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Hey, babe, what's the matter? I'm mad at Hagar. Oh, hun, why? Ever since she started carrying your baby, she's been all bitchy and gloaty about it. Well, you know what, hun? She's a sl- handmaiden, so you go ahead and handle that however you want. You mean I can beat the pregnant handmaiden I gave you to bear your children? You sure can, hun. You sure can. This is actually in the book. Yep, sure it is. Stupid Abram, stupid, dumb Sarah. Hagar, dumb. Hagar, what are you doing? Uh, running away from my abusive rapist slave owner. Oh, don't do that. Rob's a good guy. Who's Rob? Rob? Rob Porter? My husband isn't Rob. Oh, uh, Andrew. Andrew's a good guy. Andrew Puzder? Uh, no. Uh, Steve. Steve Bannon? No. Corey Lewandowski? No. Roger? No, no. Bills? David Sorensen? No, no, Roy Moore? It's Abraham. Oh, yeah. You should go back. Good guy, Abraham. Are those all real names? They sure are. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram, Sarai. Yes, God. What now? Few things. This Abram and Sarai thing has got to stop. You're Abraham now, and Sarai, you're Sarah. I feel like adults adopting different names is kind of silly. Yeah, it seems kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, just make sure it's not a terrible half pun that nobody gets and thinks is a real People name. People get it. It's heathen right, like playwright. That's that's total. That's not a half. Hey, get out of the sketch. Pun. You're not in the sketch. You're not in the sketch. It's a full pun. A- anyway, anyway. Everybody gets it. I've that. also decided to give Sarah a child. Wait, I can't have a child? So why did I let him fuck my uh, handmaid? I mean, did you see the size of her great big? I hate this fucking book. But, but, there's one condition. For a child, I'll do anything. Okay then, daddy-o. Hey, how come you don't sound like Donald Trump anymore? It's for the song. Oh, okay. You know, being God ain't easy. And sometimes it gets me blue. But there's one thing that cheers me up That I demand of every Jew A one, a two, a one, two, three, foreskin Foreskins I'm talking your skins Seeing that hood upon your schmeckle Turns me to Hyde instead of Jekyll So if it's all the samey, A.B., let's do it in So wait, you want me to cut off my the tip of my penis? Not just your penis, I want you to cut off everybody's penis Your 13-year-old son Isaac and all your slip I mean, he that is bought with money uh, He that is bought with money is the definition of slavery Yeah, I guess so Foreskin. I, I am tugging your skins I wanna know you'll lob them off Even if future doctors scoff So tell me, A.B. Baby, are you in?
I mean, I guess so. You're God, right? How harmful could it be? I mean, there's the loss of penile surface area, the loss of nerve endings, and that's if everything goes right. If it doesn't, you're talking lifelong damage and sometimes even death. Especially right now when I'm asking you to do this before we have sterilization or antibiotics. Fuck. Yeah, it makes that worse too. Foreskins. I'm tugging your skins. To leave no question who's God's meanest, I'll make you mutilate your penis. So like my mama told a butcher, slice it thin. You wouldn't wish it on Scott Pruitt. But since I told you to, you'll do it. So tell me, Amy, baby, are you in? Sure. Ha-cha-cha. And with that rousing musical number about mutilating the genitals of babies checked off our bucket list, we'll take a break, but we'll be back in a few weeks with more Bible Peace Theater. Before we abdicate your phone this week, I want to thank everybody for all the well wishes on the move. We're settling in at this point, and the fact that it's Georgia is at least somewhat offset by the fact that we're not moving anymore. But seriously, I got a lot of very touching emails and messages this week, and I wasn't able to respond to most of them, so let me at least offer a blanket thanks to all of you here. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Monday, an even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I'd be unworthy of a solo outro if I neglected to thank Heath for putting the naughty back in Cincinnati. I need to thank Eli for putting the heresy back in New Jersey, and I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lucians also for putting something in something, but there's no need for further details. I also want to thank Jen Moore for providing this week's Farnsworth quote from a partially homeschooled kid, partially in Georgia. Glad to know you're out there reminding the world that homeschooled isn't synonymous with batshit, crazy fundamentalist indoctrination. Incidentally, Jen asked that we plug the Coalition for Responsible Home Education, a group that promotes oversight for the protection of homeschooled children. Happy to do it. You'll find a link on the show notes for this episode. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most luscious listeners, Paul, Sarah, Kay, Jonathan, Michael, Samuel, Sam, Thomas, Karen, and Joshua. Paul, Sarah, and Kay are so sexy, Spellcheck is asking if I'm sure I don't want to use more X's and sexy. Jonathan, Michael, Samuel, and Sam, whose cocks are so big they had to be built at sea. And Thomas, Karen, and Joshua, who are so hot rabbinical councils worked in an asterisk and all the Talmudic stuff about lust. Together, these ten tantalizing tributes to trenchancy tender to tittle a treasure towards our tumultuous takedowns of Tabernacle Tripe this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the lovely red pencil box it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you're learn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help with your boycotting money, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, telling a friend about the show, and liking our Facebook page. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark. We also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. 
these are the generations of Shep. <laughs> I got through that whole thing. I got through that whole thing. I'm so you proud totally of You totally did too. Do it. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.